0: The True Ambition Podcast with John Zink is brought to you by IT Avalon. IT Avalon, IT staffing and professional services done right. Visit our sponsor at ITAvalon.com.
1: Now, welcome to True Ambition. Hey
0: everybody, welcome to the True Ambition Podcast. My name is John Zink and, uh, I'm honored to be joined by Mr. Todd Fisher. Uh, he is a PGA pro and a good friend of mine. And, uh, what's going on with you these days? Are you, uh, playing any golf
1: in this COVID world? You know, Johnny, I am, uh, I am playing some golf, uh, not where, you know, no tournament golf right now, but, uh. They got the schedule coming out for next year, and I'll be ready to go when I get a chance. I think I'll start at the end of February, but this COVID thing has uh, sure taken the tournament schedule and
0: turned it upside down. Turned it
1: way upside down.
0: You were born in uh, Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. How long were you in Columbus?
1: Uh, did you were you born and raised there? No, I left when I was two years old. I spent most of my life here in, in Northern California. But I'll tell you what, last Monday night took a big hit for me. The Buckeyes losing.
0: <laughs> well, um, what, what brought you out here at two years old? I figure your parents? Yeah. Or did I, you come out you're by yourself at two years old?
1: No. <laughs> no, no, no. My tricycle, I couldn't find my way. No, my dad got transferred out here, and then uh, he was actually a golfer. And the story he tells me is as he joined the country club. He... He joined a con. He was looking for country clubs before he was looking for houses out in the <laughs> Bay Area.
0: So was he at your level of golfer, or what? What? Uh, how, tell me about your dad a little bit.
1: So he was a very good golfer, but just a weekend golfer. You know, he had a full time job, but uh, he was the one that got me into it, and I just stuck with it and had good support from him through all my life. So I was able to at least have a dream to to start with and kept going.
0: Was he a scratch golfer or what, what, uh, what yeah, was he was a
1: scratch golfer.
0: He was. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like me.
1: Oh, you're right there. That's why I want you on my team in tournaments. Right? Yeah.
0: You want me on your team in tournaments cause I'm a, got a good handicap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you live in Pleasanton, California. I do right now. And how long you been there? Um, I've been to there most of my life, but I've had a stint in Reno for about six or seven years, which I miss that quite a bit, and you know I have a great relationship with the people up there, and that's where I met you. You know, yeah, you and I met through the El Dorado, yeah, and uh, playing in some of those fun tournaments up there. That's, they've been they've been a good supporter of mine, and I'm you know partner of mine for for yeah seventeen years now, I think. Yeah. So the
0: El Dorado, which is now Caesars Entertainment, mm-hmm. so the, the the little El Dorado. You know, from Reno, Nevada now is the largest gaming company
1: in the world. Yeah, they're big time.
0: It's fun to be uh, affiliated with them, you know, or almost related. We're kind of the family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, the Carano family uh, is uh, really something else, and that's who you're talking about has been a big support for you.
1: Oh, yeah. They, I mean, they've been a wonderful family uh, to me, and I just enjoy being around them. And, and every time I would bring some people to the Eldorado they would say, "What an amazing place!" And it's and it's because them that makes you feel good while you're in there. You can go some other places, and you're you're a number to them, but not to the Carano family. They I mean they really appreciate you being in there, and they showed it.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, I got a funny story. It was uh, Carissa, my wife. It was uh, one of the first times that we were able to get into the gold room, which is the place where the quote unquote VIPs check in, mm-hmm. right? and uh walked in there and Carissa's mom shirley was with us and uh they said uh, mr Zink, your suite is all ready and i didn't spend anywhere close to enough money at the time to have a suite mm-hmm. and they said and the limousine is ready for you it's all stocked up and ready whenever you need to go i'm thinking what in the hell <laughs> uh, are they talking about but i went with it you know mm-hmm. i wanted a suite i wanted a limo so we got up to the room And I walked in. It was one of the two-bedroom suites up on the 26th Mm -hmm. floor. And I'm like, I can't play this anymore. I called him up. I said, I think you got the wrong Mr. Mm -hmm. Zink. And it was uh, Chase uh, Stiegel uh, had set it all up. And it was for a guy named Charlie Zink who was with the PGA. Okay. (laughs) So they had the wrong Mr. Zink. They moved me into my small little room and i was out of there and i didn't get the limousine that night but, no uh,
1: but you do now
0: i do now but we we, plan, we we spend plenty of money now yeah. to get the big suite so i'd almost rather be back where i was before no <laughs> so that's that's always a fun one i like to talk to uh, chase about so i've been playing in those uh tournaments up there for roughly like 10 11 years something like that mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh it was where I first got to hear about Todd Fisher and then I got to play with you up there and then you and I became friends Mm -hmm. and it's really something special to see a professional athlete um, go out and do what you do Mm -hmm. and uh, you make it seem so effortless how old were you when you first grabbed a club
1: Uh, I was I, I was seven years old when i played in my first tournament so obviously I, I grabbed it earlier than that but uh in oh, on a way to california where i did have a year or two in illinois the rockford illinois my dad said i would uh i would take a plastic golf club and a plastic ball and just hit it around the house and just all day long just kind of go around and around and around that's like it was entertained that way and then um uh, we came out here and and then i just got back into golf and at seven, I played my first tournament. Yeah,
0: that's weird. Rockford, Illinois. That's about uh, forty-five minutes away from where I grew up in Mount Carroll, Illinois. Okay, so uh, uh, interesting. It's a small world yeah. once we start getting into uh, these relationships. Um, so you kind of talked about it before, but uh, how long have you known the Carano family?
1: About seventeen years. I moved to when I my rookie year on tour was two thousand three, and I moved up to uh, Reno then. And lived in the country club up there called Montrose. Oh yeah, and uh, that's where I end up meeting the Carano family and Chase Steagle.
0: Your dad was moving between uh, Rockford for a while and then out here. What was his? What did he do for work?
1: He sold copiers. Okay,
0: Xerox or what, who did he work for?
1: He worked for AB Dick Company. Okay, and I think they probably had a hodgepodge of copiers. I mean, I was too young to know. And no,
0: back he, in the day, that was the big deal. Yeah. You know before computers everybody was out selling copiers
1: that's what he did
0: when did you know as a golfer that uh you were better than ninety nine point nine percent of your competition or every other golfer out there
1: you know what i I never even looked at it that way or just deep down I never even you know I didn't really think of it that way it's just I was always successful at, at tournaments. And he, you know I got into junior tournaments and I'd win those and if I didn't win them I was very close to winning them and I just I just I just kept gradually getting better and better at what I did and as a matter of fact um, and you know I played golf most of my life or that's all I did was my only sport was 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 golf and I told you this earlier today that I played hockey for a little bit um, but I was always a decent little athlete. You know, I can pick things up as I go along, but golf was my main, you know, uh, sport. And it, you could play it all year long. So there wasn't time for anything else. But my senior year in high school, when I should be really cracking down on getting better so I could get to a, you know, get a scholarship for golf or whatever, I chose to go out for my high school basketball team. You know, golf's a team sport, but it really isn't. I mean, you're on a team, but it's individual. And I wanted to be a part of something on a team. And I went out for the, my, my the high school basketball team and end up making it um, I never played but uh it was still fun being on the, being on that team and, and learning what that's all about
0: plus you got cheerleaders cheering for you where you don't have that on the golf course
1: oh no they they were, they were out there
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i just uh it was one of the questions i had later on but uh, uh i've been in a few of the um Pro-Am, uh, celebrity Pro-Am mm-hmm. tournaments, and watching some of these professional athletes that are either football players, baseball players, whatever it is, hockey players, watching them golf, it's uh, it's pretty interesting to see, maybe it's just the hand-eye coordination, maybe it's just the um, the athletic ability that you guys as professional athletes have, it's just it's mind-boggling to watch some of these guys and gals hit the ball mm-hmm. because it's effortless i mean it's just like uh, did did it have did it come that naturally for you as a golfer where it's just like you had that natural swing mm-hmm. or did you have to work on it for a long time to make it look as effortless as you do make it look
1: mm-hmm. no i work on it and and there and I'm impressed by looking around at other golfers, right? And I don't, I don't see myself as having having uh, that good of, you know, make what I do. I, you know, I don't see myself from the outside. I just, I, I work hard at it, and and everybody says ever my swing's effortless or whatever. But I'm swinging as hard as I can. It may look effortless, but that's all I got. Um, and it's funny how you say you went back and you talked about other sports. uh you know, the other sports and how everybody looks great at their, when they're at their peak level. I'll tell you about a one of the perks we got to do for the PGA Tour was I got to go drive NASCARs one afternoon. and Dale Jarrett was there. Elliot Sadler was there, these these guys. And they were on the way home. We were in helicopters flying back to the tournament. And they were saying how impressed we they were of us as golfers. And we're like, wait a second. We were just in race cars with you guys. And you're, we're doing 200 miles an hour, and you're going. we're going nose to, to bumper to riding with you guys. Now, that's more impressive for us than it is for for us to be golfers. I mean, it, I guess it's just I, the way you look at different things with, with each sport.
0: I played with uh, Ozzy Ozzie Fry, who used to be – I mean, uh, Ozzy Smith. Okay. Uh, and he was a baseball player mm-hmm. for the Cardinals. Was it me? Cardinals? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, he's like 60 some years old he's out there just driving the ball like crazy and just in amazing shape for being 65 years old or whatever he is. And of course all the people are staying on the side, like do a flip Ozzie yeah. And his, his caddies like he'll break a hip, <laughs> you know, but the, the few people that I've uh, golfed with, it's just, it's pretty amazing to watch these professional athletes mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff. And it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, now, tell me about, you told me a little bit about your dad, but uh, tell me about your family life and growing up. Did you have
1: siblings? I had two sisters, yes. I'm not very close to them. Um, I rarely speak to them okay. anymore. But um, yeah, we were, my father and my parents got divorced pretty early. Uh, I was probably 10 or ten to 11 years old, and my dad was the one that stayed around and, and raised us. You know, and he worked hard at just keeping us going and keeping me able to play golf. And I think golf, you know, it, it just it kept me out of trouble uh, growing up. I mean, not saying I would, I wouldn't. I've gotten into trouble if I didn't play golf. But I, I had I had something that was structured. You know, you know, I, I think I became a pretty good person just by, you know, golf teaches you a, a, a lot of things about humility and, and manners and and just being just being a good person. So what, uh, did your mom leave? She, she stayed around, but they felt that my dad would have been the best one to take care of us. Okay.
0: Yeah. It had to be tough and thank God for golf being there to kind of yeah. get you through it. Yeah. yeah. My
1: dad, you know, my dad made sure I always had access to, to be able to play golf.
0: Is your dad still around?
1: Yeah. He's in Florida now. How old is he? Ooh, he's He's gotta be, uh. Uh, he's 75. Is he still golfing? No, he's just fishing and hanging out. But he's in good health, he's doing all right? Yeah, he's doing okay.
0: Good. Now, where did you attend high school?
1: I went to Foothill High School, right in Pleasanton. Were you a good student? I got by. <laughs> that, that, that's my story. I got by. I <laughs> never got detention or anything like that, but I got, I got by. Well, you did better than me. Yeah. Like, what kind
0: of a grade average did you carry were you a c
1: student d student no oh, i was a i was b minus okay b, b, a minus to b minus i mean I, i'm not allowed to talk to my kids about school because uh they're 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 a lot brighter than daddy and i can't <laughs> tell them my stories now how old are your kids now they are
0: 12 year old twins and Porter. uh 12 year old twins mm-hmm. so that had to be something else bringing twins home it was tiring for a long time yeah, it
1: actually still is, but you know, it was a it was a it was a blessing that they came in.
0: Chris and I have Johnny at home, and he's two and a half, mm-hmm. and uh, we got lucky as hell because from the time he's about three months old, he slept for about twelve hours every night. Um,
1: how was it? Uh, I mean, did you have endless sleepless nights? We did, but you know, with with the twins, she slept down on a on a chair most of the time and just laid there in case they had to wake up and get fed or whatever. So I stayed upstairs. I was probably not the best helper.
0: <laughs> so, uh, what uh, are either one of the twins into golf?
1: They both are. Are they? Um, yeah, but you know they like doing other things too. Um, and I'm not one of those dads that are going to force anything on my kids. So when they when they're ready to do whatever they want to do, I'm I'm supportive of that, and I will I will help them out in golf. As a matter of fact, I would rather have somebody else teach my kids golf before i step in probably a better idea yeah i've watched him i've gone when they played you know baseball or i've gone to these these games and some of these dads are, are just too intense on on everything and i'm not going to be that on my kid or whatever i mean i'll encourage him and you know if i see him struggling a little bit or if he's not putting all the effort in that i think he should then i'll say something but i'll i'll never put him down or whatever and i just I just, you know, I want him to be a kid and enjoy things.
0: Well, I was uh, just out of high school back in Illinois. Um, I was umpiring baseball games because they needed umpires. Mm -hmm. Some of these fathers, and some of the mothers too, but mostly the fathers, oh my God, just going crazy Mm -hmm. behind the backstop. And uh, a small town, you know everybody. Yeah. And uh, there was one time I had to kick a guy out of there he was like 35 years old and <laughs> here I am 18 years old you're out of here and then uh, later on that day he threatened me downtown you know it's just like it, it's it's just absolutely mind-boggling sometimes mm-hmm. to see these parents you know living through their kids or whatever they're doing yeah. but uh yeah I I think it's probably a good idea plus I was thinking the other side of it is it might be a good idea to have a coach for the kid because the kid might Listen to the coach more than they the listen, parent. Exactly.
1: They're going to listen to someone else more than they will the parent.
0: Yeah. Because we're dumb.
1: Oh, we don't know anything.
0: <laughs> do you, you kind of talked about it before as far as you played some basketball. And you played uh, hockey as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you excel in other sports as well as golf? I mean, how, how did you do at basketball when you played your senior year?
1: You know, I... I can shoot a basketball. I can, I, can, I can dribble. You know, I'm not going to be that fast. I can't dunk a ball. But what the thing that was hard was learning the offense. I mean, they these the, my teammates. You know, the, or whatever the other students. They they grew up playing basketball. And they were they know how to run the motion and and the offense and and know where you have to be. And I was just confused with everything. The first one was a three man weave. It's a drill where you pass and go behind. And, oh yeah it took me a month to learn that and then and then adding two more guys in there for the for that weave a five band weave i would pa- i would pass the ball and run right into about three other guys out there i mean i couldn't <laughs> just pass it and go behind
0: i had almost the same experience with uh, i was a junior in high school and it was the one year that i wrestled
1: mm-hmm.
0: so we had actually uh, consolidated wrest- uh, consolidated sports with another school but we never had wrestling before so i went out for wrestling i was the worst wrestler ever And same thing. All these guys have been wrestling since they were in like fourth or fifth grade. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was absolutely the worst wrestler ever. And I had one. I I won one match the whole time. And it was this guy. um, You just tell. I just looked at him. He was not in decent shape at all. And I ended up on the bottom and he was on top. I stood up and he held on to me. And I just jumped backwards like all my weight and landed on top of him. And I remember him going, oh and then i pinned him and that was it that was my win and my parents and everybody were there i was like that was the best time ever and i lost every other it's horrible <laughs> <laughs> so you played college golf at the university of san francisco i did so um did you get a scholarship to go play there did they scout you or how did that happen
1: um that's a weird one too they i actually signed my letter of intent with cal state fullerton okay and the day after I graduated uh, the coach from Bullerton called up and said hey we just dropped the golf program so thanks for signing up but we, you you know where we don't have a golf team anymore and uh they, heartbroken yeah I uh, didn't know what to do other scru- schools that recruited me we contacted them and said we'd love to have you you know, but your scholarship, we don't have any money for your, uh, we've given away all our scholarships. And Fullerton had a thing where they would pay the, the other institution, the scholarship they owed me for that year, or I could go down to school, they'd redshirt me and I, they, I'd I still play that one of the golf courses that they were, that they had. And um, they waved it on and, you know, I, I still played summer golf and amateur events and, I, was, I just qualified for the U.S. Amateur towards the end of you know end of August. And right before I left, I got a call from the coach from USF, uh, Coach Nicolopoulos. And I never met him forwarding like this. And he just said, hey, if you want to come here, I'll give you a full ride.
0: That's amazing.
1: Yeah, I was lucky to have that. Yeah, that, that came pretty cool.
0: So, I mean, you were getting kind of the end of
1: your rope kind of feeling like, oh, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. I wasn't worried about. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go to school somewhere, but um, so I, that was kind of a no-brainer. I went in, to, and this guy scared the hell out of me. I'm going in to see this uh, this guy. I I went to right before I left for the amateur. I had to go in and sign the papers for the school, and and uh, he sat me down in this in a in a small little room down in on campus there, and he said, you know, just because you're, I'm giving you a full ride doesn't mean you're going to play for me. I'm like, what? And he goes, "You're gonna call me, you're gonna call me coach, and I'll call you Mr. Fisher." And you know, during the during the year, uh, if we get along, maybe I'll call you Todd. I'm like, "What am I getting myself into? This is gonna be brutal." And uh, I went to the U.S. Amateur. You know, didn't have the greatest event, but uh, still, it was nice being back there. Um, came back to school, met my teammates and stuff like this. We had our first team meeting, and he was nothing like the meeting I had with him. He was a totally different guy. <laughs> what do you think he was trying to just scare you? I think he just tried to. Hey, I'm the I'm the man. I'm
0: the boss. I'm the boss. He has one meeting with every person mm-hmm. to go. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. And the nice guy comes out. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's I, awesome. And I was
1: I enjoyed playing golf with him for him. Yeah.
0: Now I looked up on uh, a bunch of stuff on uh, the internet. Uh, one of the things I saw was that uh, you won the Pacific Coast Amateur Tournament. Mm-hmm.
1: And was that when you were in college? I just graduated. Okay. So yeah, 19, that was, that was, well, maybe the, the, the next year I played in two, uh, Pacific coast events, finished fourth, I think the first one, then won the one in Kapalua. That was fun.
0: In Hawaii, in Maui?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right there, uh, at Kapalua. The, the plantation? Um, we played the Bay course. Okay. Four rounds. So take me back to that
0: event. That had to be a huge moment for you.
1: I won that by 10 shots. Um, oh my God. And you know, the first two days, you know, wind blows, you know, it, it, it's it, every afternoon. Yeah. It, I mean, it go, it howls up there. Yeah. And you know, I just, I don't, I don't remember a lot of details now, but I do, I, I did not hit a lot of greens and I was, you know, I don't know. I can't remember. I shot like 64, 66, the first two rounds. And, and, The majority of the greens I did hit were birdies, and I think I made a couple eagles. And then, but I got up and down quite a bit. But then the next two days, the final two days, I was like six over for those two days and hit thirty out of thirty-six greens. And I played better the last two days than the first two days. But I, I didn't. I mean, I scored worse by like fifteen shots for those. What just missing putts or what? Yeah, just missed putts. Maybe the wind blew more, but nobody else caught me. I mean, I still played. The tough conditions, so and one by ten. That was still that was a good time, yeah.
0: That's amazing. So, what did uh, was there a big celebration after winning
1: that? No, I was there by myself. We had a, a, um, some NorCal teammates that that I played on the first two days. You're on a, a team for Northern California, and you know we just hung out. Uh, I think I was with a buddy, Jason Lots. We we had a we had a, a, a house that we got. Given to us for the week by Paul Spangler, who is a Pebble Beach. Uh, an ex- I think he's an executive somewhere down at Pebble Beach. It's nice to have friends. It's very nice to have friends. <laughs> when, after that, did you go pro? I went. I went. Prof- uh, I turned professional. I qualified for another U.S. Amateur in '93. And then I turned professional right after that. The next, next day I flew home. I, there was a mini tour event here in Northern California up in Sacramento somewhere. And um, I played and I finished third. Scott McCarron, I think, won that event. So explain to
0: us how that all happens. So you're an amateur and you want to go pro. How does that whole thing happen? I don't think a lot of people actually know because I don't. I was thinking about it when I was getting ready for this, yeah. talking to you. So do you have to pay to enter into an event, in a professional event, or do you have to qualify? Do you have to be invited? How does that whole thing work?
1: Well, you know, the the event I played in, it's it, a, a mini-tour event, and pretty much all I just said was, like, I woke up that Monday morning and said, oh, I'm going to be a pro today. And I'm, now I'm playing for money, and that's – that's the only difference in that in the mini tour stuff is you're just playing. You're pretty much you're you're an organized gambler because you're putting up, you know, your the entry fee is pretty much the purse for the for the event, too. So there's not a lot of money to be made. You know, it's, there's 20 guys and each guy puts up two hundred dollars. Uh, ten dollars goes to the guy that organized ten guys for ten dollars. Your two hundred goes to the guy that organized the event. And then maybe thirty bucks goes to green fees or in cart fees or whatever. So there's hundred and sixty bucks left f- to go into the purse, and you know you have, there's twenty guys, whatever that comes out to, and then you you pay a third of the field that money. So that's that's pretty much how the mini tour stuff goes. Um, and then if you see when you get up there to the to the big boys on the and the, and the PGA tour and the, and the Corn Ferry and stuff like that, you pay an entry, and you do have to qualify to get in those events um usually there's some stages you have in it and that you have to keep winning and be successful I'd Be in a top if there's 80 guys you got to be in the top 20 to move on to the next stage and then at the end of it after about three stages uh to make the pga tour uh you had to be in the top 25 out of about a out about 180 in the finals it's kind of changed now but that's pretty much it you I mean you just be on the pga tour you just you got to keep qualifying 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 and mini tour events you just pay your money and tournaments are there
0: that's interesting i was thinking about it leading up to like well how in the hell do you turn pro and yeah. what do you do I mean, it's just you pretty much go into the mini
1: tour. yeah that's it make it through that and then that's you know, for a majority of every you know majority of the majority of the players you know there's some college kids that that stand out and they'll get some sponsor exemptions on the tour and They get in there those events and they do well, and they'll make enough money to to keep them going up on that tour. And they don't, you know, fortunately for them, they don't have to start off in the mini tour stuff. But you know, most most everybody that plays professional golf has to go through mini tours. Got to pay the dues. Got to pay your dues. It's not like there's no drafting. (laughs) So you
0: had won several tournaments. Um. You and I talked about it earlier before we started this podcast. Yeah. And uh, take take us back to hole 17, hole 18, when you are leading an event and you're coming down. It's like uh, you and I joked about it before I joked about it. It's like I'll be in one of these scramble tournaments or something where we're all putting to hit something, to win some stupid prize at the end of it for all four of us. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I'll be shitting my pants, trying to hit a putt, you know, um, now we're going to your situation where it's you up against a couple other people that maybe you're up by one or you're tied or something like that. Kind of take us through that mindset of how you're walking up to hole 17, hole 18, like, oh my God, I might win this thing, or I'm going to win this thing. Walk us through that a little bit.
1: You know, it, it I, now I kind of, I'm not going to lose focus, but I don't, I don't, you don't take yourself out of, out of what you're doing. You know, I'm trying to remember when I, when, like, uh, going back to the 17, I'm trying to picture when I was on 17, but, but, you know, Pretty much, you're like hoping the other guy screws up. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I want to hit. I, I'm going to stay focused on what I'm doing. Obviously, I'm I've been playing well. I'm 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 because I'm up at the top, and I'm going to stay focused and just you know grind out two or three more shots. That's it. Once I'm on the putting green, then then I know I'm good on the greens. But let's just you know let's just pick out a target off the tee, get it out there, and then from there on the green. And, you know, coming into 18, 18, and one, one, in, one particular um, thing I can th- I can remember, a term I can remember, is a sharp dog leg to the left. And it was a t- pretty tough driving hole for me. I got it on there, and then even my shot, I was right in the middle of the fairway, and even I was leading by one, and even my second shot in, I was in the middle of the fairway, but I knew I had a lot of adrenaline going and stuff. I, I took a lot less a lot less club than I normally would from there. And just I concentrated on what I was, you know, just focused on that shot. I stayed in that moment and, and just went through my routine, hit the hit it and, and knew it was right there. And you know, I had about twenty footer and two putt to go. And I'm not gonna ruin that one from when i you know, when I'm putting, I'm not gonna that's that's gonna that's it.
0: Yeah. I watched uh just thinking when you're talking about it, it's like hoping the other guy screws up. I mean that's a big part of the game, isn't it? Is that uh, you get to the end and it's like all you can really do is stick to your game because that's the cool part. Cool part about golf, yeah, is it is
1: your game. You're playing yourself, you know, and that's that's the most frightening thing of it. You 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 you, you say you don't want to. You got to make the putt for your team too, right? In the in the El Dorado events and stuff like this, you don't want to let not only yourself down. You don't want to let your 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 teammates down either um but you know you you're focused on what you're doing and you just you just you know you've done this well I've done it you know not a thousand times but I've been in this situation and it's 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 also something that you you grew up doing you know when you're out shooting basketballs as a kid or whatever throwing a football around you're like okay or the baseball you know that you know the you're the ninth inning you know here's John Zinc, I'm gonna. He's a two. I'm at the plate, two outs or whatever, and you're either gonna hit your home run or you're gonna strike the last batter out, right? And and it's the same with golf. I've just look. This is what I've lived up, worked up to, and uh, now I have the opportunity. Let's just let's just go out and do it. But also, you know, I'm more nervous begin at the beginning of the round than I was at the end of the round because now I'm already in in a momentum and a groove throughout the day, and anything's anything that might be negative or I'm not playing well at this at that time I've 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 either if I'm not playing well then I'm not going to be in not going to be leading the tournament if I'm playing well then I've already gotten the rhythm I know what I'm going to do so it's pretty much just just a walk in the park in a way and there have been times where I've actually been almost bored out there where it's just you just get this calm about yourself and you you go around and this is a this is a final round at, a, at an event at Pebble Beach one time and um, I ended up losing in a playoff, but, uh, for that whole day, I wasn't, I just was just like mellow and I just hit the shot and move on. And, you know, I, the, there wasn't any other place I'd rather be. I mean, I wanted to be right there, but it's just like, I never got too anxious over, over anything. I never got too upset on a missed shot. I don't even remember really missing that many shots. However, I didn't score that low. I just was just going about my business. You know, putts weren't falling. I still shot it, you know, one or two under that day in, you know, pretty difficult conditions, but, um, I ended up tying, I end up tying and, and then, uh, I three putted the playoff hole, but, uh, a uh, couple little bad breaks, but you know, that's, it is what it is. It was golf. I had a couple lip out, it lipped out. The, I hit the hole three times on that hole. Oh my God. On the, in the playoff. hole, it, <laughs> Lippy. Just, it, it just wouldn't go in. It just, it hit at the edge and spin out, hit the edge and spin out. But, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't nervous. I just was, I knew where the ball was going to go and just, you know, that's what, that's what we do. That's what makes it look so easy. And on TV, you, that's all you see. You you don't see the guys shooting, you know, 80, and but you see the guys that are playing well and they make it all, they l- make it look easy. You know, they're in their groove and uh, that's just, that's just, that's how golf or I think any sport goes. And, and I also we also talked about, I don't know, you know, that at that level, you're going to win, you know, there's, lots of money that you could win, but you don't know exactly the dollar amount. And I, and I get more nervous if you and I were to go out and play golf, you know, and I give you your, you know, your two shots that you deserve. And um, (laughs) you better give me three or four, bro. (laughs) But you know, we're playing for 20 bucks. I'm I'm more nervous about losing 20 bucks to you than I am to, you know, this putt just cost me $200,000 or something like that. I mean, you know, it's for a lot of money, but you don't, you don't, you don't think about it right then until after you miss it i've always uh i've always watching you golf and just
0: being around you i've never actually seen you uh frazzled about anything you know you're, you're I always see you as a very very calm
1: person maybe i maybe i used all those frazzlednesses up at like growing up <laughs> i was a little hothead at times but really yeah and I, I think as you get older you just realize that it just you don't have the energy to get all upset I've got uh, I'm
0: writing a book right now called true ambition and one of the uh, one of the chapters I got in there I talk about internally in me Mm -hmm. I get really pissed off at myself Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's a there's a quiet rage that lives inside of me Mm -hmm. and I really only turn that back on myself Mm -hmm. Um, do you have that same kind of thing I mean like it doesn't have to be golf but uh, do you have that same kind of feeling where it's like you get really pissed off at
1: yourself? Oh yeah, I think I you know maybe it's being com- of a competitor of, of anything, but um, little things can set me off too. Traffic, just you know, I'm in a hurry. It always seems like I'm in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 I like going places, but I don't I don't like the A to B to get there. I mean, I just you know when I drive up to Reno, I want to be I want to be there now or whatever. You know, right. Um, but I do get I do get very upset on on the golf course on on just simple things. I mean, you hear coaches you know at halftime or whatever talk about how the team's just simple basic mistakes, and the coaches are all fired up. I mean, that's the stuff you try to prevent. I mean, if I if there's something that happens in golf and it's kind of you know not preventable, you know uh, you know you hit a shot and it just takes a bad bounce or something like that. That's something not on me. I mean, once I strike the golf ball, I have no control where it goes till it stops. But if there's something that I that I know that I did that made made me cause to have a, a penalty shot or, or something like that 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 shouldn't have happened. Then I get it. Uh, then I get a little upset. And you know you got you don't really see it, but my caddy hears about it for he's my for five hours he's my little my little yell 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 person.
0: I'll be out with uh, Carissa or somebody else, and mostly Carissa hears about it. Um and you've seen my game I'm not a good golfer you know I go out pretty much to hang out with you and other friends mm-hmm. um, my, my business is business and I love playing music mm-hmm. you know, those are the things that I'm good at and uh, uh, what I was writing in the book was it's really interesting to me how I expect to hit a great golf shot every time I hit the ball mm-hmm. with the reaction that I have afterwards where it's like, no, you, you should expect to hit a shitty mm-hmm. shot most of the time, like I do. And what I should do is be very surprised when I hit a decent <laughs> shot and be happy with that. And that's one of the things that I'm kind of striving for moving forward mm-hmm. is to just be happy with what comes. Because unlike you, I hardly go hit any golf balls. Yeah. you know. So it's one of those things where... If you're working on it all the time, then yeah, you should expect to be a little bit better than everybody else. But uh, like everything else in life, you know, it's progress, not perfection.
1: Yes, it is. You just got to keep moving forward and, and going. And what what's, what's what's weird about golf is how can it be so hard? You know, the ball's not moving and you're not being guarded. I mean, it's just right there. You, you Everybody makes connection when they you, you're playing baseball or you catch a football or whatever the – and shooting a basket. I mean, that's all reactionary. There's just nothing that the ball's doing and you you can't hit it or you can't hit it in the direction you want to go, (laughs) you know? And, and, you know, I've played golf with you before and I think, you know, I don't know how you, like you just said, why should I be angry after? But you have hit those perfect shots, right? And when you, when you, when you have hit those, it it does seem kind of effortless and you're like, wow, that was, that wasn't that hard. I'm going to do that again, but then it doesn't happen. It's interesting that, uh,
0: uh, I find myself, uh, I, I have the best rounds, and a good round for me is if I break 90, mm-hmm. and then I, I'm happy with myself. And it's always when I have nothing else on my mind. If I go out there with work on my mind, or relationship, or whatever else kind of thing on my mind, mm-hmm. I fall apart like that. But if I got nothing else in my mind, I can go out there, and, and almost like you were talking about with that round where you know, you're almost bored out there, mm-hmm. those are the days where it's really enjoyable for me to be on a golf course you know and it's uh that's why it's such a great game yeah you know and those are the days that i really cherish to go out there and go wow that's pretty cool
1: you know when you're out there there's um i i i seem to to lose focus on where i'm i mean i'm always i'm looking at birds and we're down in the desert i'm looking for bighorn sheep up in the mountains if we're out at on the coast i'm I'm always looking for whales or something, something else that takes you away from golf. And, um, you know, now, now with the COVID and you're playing golf with your buddies. So you're, you know, how many, how many drinks I have out there or whatever, kind of, or a shot that, that you know, we make up games. But um, I try to, I just try to, 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 there's so much off time between actually hitting a golf shot and then your next one. So my mind's always racing, and and I'm going other places, and not not. That, I think that's why it gets me. I can get through the day with that.
0: So how much uh, how much time do you spend? Well, probably a two part question. How much time did you spend back in the day on a driving range, and then fast forward today, how much time do you spend on a driving range now?
1: I've spent you know probably a couple hours a day on the range. Um, and then I'd play I do more I'd be better playing you know you I'm going I'm going to get better at being on the golf course not hitting golf balls for for example you know if you're playing poorly and you're not hitting it well you go to the range and work on things right and then after but you get stagnant being on the driving range because you're just, just going to hit at a target and finally, then you get then you kind of can get in a groove but that's not really improving anything you got to change it up so you're always at a kind of a making yourself a little un- uncomfortable right so you've got to work through that professional
0: events are always warming up and the is it just for warming up or are they actually practicing different shots they're going to be doing during the day or is it getting a feeling for what the grass is going to be doing or what when people are warming up for these different events is it really just to test out all those different things or is it just to warm up their body or or is it all of the above
1: it's all the above uh when i would when i would go out um i will just dare to warm up i don't want to work really on anything um, that's not really the place to do it if you're going to work on something then you do it after you're around you come back to the, 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 that's where you'll see the guys working on most things in the morning they just want to warm up um you know i'll go through a couple holes that i know that are coming up that are a little difficult for me or or I, I know what I kind of type of shot pattern I have to hit on that on that particular hole. See, your
0: kind of like visualization is of the hole that's coming up that's kind of tough for you. Yeah. And they're
1: going to, you're going to practice shots on the driving range for that hole. Mm-hmm. If I hit a, you know, five yard cut or something, then I'll work on some cut shots. Um, if I, you know, there there are times I'll go to a golf course, a home golf course where you're very comfortable with or whatever, and it doesn't, you just go up and hit it and move on. Um, but tournament golf, I'm there to warm up, just to warm up, and then try to, you know, all right, this hole's coming up. This is a little, you know, I'm going to hit a couple shots or a driver off the deck. I got to hit a couple low shots or do whatever, and and work on sh- a couple little different shot patterns, and then go out, and then and then, you know, after the end of the day, then okay, my balls weren't doing this. My shots were going a little bit over here, so I'm going to work on why that was.
0: Golf's a gentleman's game um that being said is there much trash talk between the golfers on the golf course i mean like under your breath kind
1: of blah, 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 you know I kinda... think there's always that and plus it depends who you're who you get paired with i mean if you get paired with a buddy or something under yes yeah you can you could trash talk a little bit i mean it just um needle them on something uh there are times when you know you're going to be paired with someone you not you don't care for or whatever. There's there's it's dead silence for four and a half hours, and you've had that before. I've had that before. Yeah. Oh, who was it? Oh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, you don't. No, have I'll give you the. I don't. You know, I, there were times where I, yeah, one time ever, like Bubba Watson once. We were paired in Canada, it was our last hole of the day. There was an official coming up. It was a kind of a blind tee shot and. Were, not an official, but a volunteer was walking up the up a cart path, and the cart path was well inside the ropes. But he was just going to his his post for the afternoon round or whatever. And Bubba was on the tee, and this guy just kind of kept walking and and disrupted Bubba, and he Bubba had to step back from the from his tee shot and then you know raise up his arms and kind of yell at the guy like, "What's what's he doing?" And I'm thinking, Bubba, dude, just relax. Wait, I mean, guy, obviously is just. Buying his own business, going to his post, you know, walking up the cart path—big deal. Give him a second to get out of the way. You don't have to rip him. Plus, he's paying to be here to be your volunteer, <laughs> right? You know, and just just little things like that. But um, I've played with Pat Perez in events and um, watch him. You know, if he, he we there's some banter going back and forth on everything. You know, you know, if I see him get a little bit angry at something, I can, I can needle him a little more. Yeah. We played,
0: uh, I played a couple years ago up at Montro with uh, Charlie Belgian. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they had taken, there was a tournament the day before, something like that, in Canada. And they had taken a jet uh, from there down to Reno. And I guess they gambled the whole way down and drank the whole way down. Because Charlie was hungover <laughs> yeah. like a big dog. And uh, I think it was about halfway through the day. I didn't know if he was going to make it through the day. Um, is there a lot of gambling that goes on uh, between those guys?
1: Yeah. You know, they, the, the plane flights were – they had that chartered plane to get to – I remember the, the times where they were they had to get the guys to Reno, so they had a chartered plane for them. And, you know, they're going to have some cocktails, and they'll, they'll, a lot of them will play poker or something on the plane too. But um, I didn't have to – in the practice rounds, where I'd have a bet or two with, with the guys, um, but not during the round. Yeah. I didn't have any. But I, I can't say that doesn't happen. Sure it does. Yeah. You still hear stories with it. But I think my biggest loss was I lost $400 to Perez and VJ one afternoon at Sawgrass. <laughs> who was... Uh, so of all of
0: the golfers, who was the person that you have golfed with that was like the biggest... Um, like awestruck moment i mean have you golfed with anybody that's like an old time pro or something like that where you know like a nicholas or something like that that you've
1: golfed with in the past where you're like holy shit i can't believe i'm golfing with this guy um yeah I, I, nothing's going to come to mind now because there's so many stories that 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 i've had or or instances that i've got that you to do you know i've watched I never got paired with Tiger in a, in a in a round in a, in a tournament round. Played a practice round with him, and I just watched some of the stuff he did on the practice round. That were, uh, I, I mean, he took lines that that uh, and, and that I would, wouldn't even dream about doing. Um, and I watched a couple of his his shots that you know I didn't have that in, in my game, um, and not a lot of people did back when he was. You know, when he's on was, top of yeah. It. Now golf's changed. Everybody hits it so freaking far. Um, I think the 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 biggest crowd I had was I was paired with Mickelson on Saturday's round at Torrey Pines one year, and that's you know he's from San Diego and we're in the top ten in the tournament and we had huge galleries that day. Um, I I remember one one hole early in the round I guess where I finished putting and I stood off to the side of the green and. And I was waiting for Phil to finish up and then we had a kind of a long walk from the green to the next tee. and and I'm not a fast one; I just kinda of mosey about my business and we had security with us that day and it's like, okay, Phil put it out, I turn away and I'm walking this way and there comes a sheriff coming by me and he hits me in the side and he says, Get out of the way. You know, Mickelson's coming through or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, like hey, hey, I'm asshole. Play, Yeah, I'm playing with him, man. <laughs> uh, so I got pushed in the gallery with that and little things but it was that was that was fun um and and then like uh Payne stewart when i first turned professional i i played in uh, that was my first tournament uh professional well first pga tour event was san diego i went down and qualified and um Payne stewart was in the locker room with me but i didn't recognize because he doesn't didn't wear his knickers he had pants. He wore pants that day, and I guess in practice round, he'd wear his pants, and then and and then the tournament rounds he'd he wear puts his, on his show he, he show pants. His, yeah, he puts yeah, he's his 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 gear. That's his out. That's his uniform.
0: I've got one moment that was at, um, oh, up in South Lake Tahoe at uh, the Celebrity Pro Am. Mm-hmm. My first year playing in it. I've never played in front of people ever in my life. Right. Talk about scared shitless. Right. So we're on, is it 17? The par 3 mm-hmm. Okay. So um, that was when I was out there with Ozzy. And uh, I go up there, and they got all these people sitting up there around the green. There's a bunch of people behind me while I'm hitting the ball. I hit the ball. It goes straight in between two boats into the water. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fine. Yeah, we had a couple balls in the green, so it's whatever. So I go up there. I walk over. Here comes a guy. I swear to God, he's got his swim trunks on. He's got one of those beer things yeah. on with two beers on both sides and the straws going into his mouth. And he hands me my ball. He, he went scuba diving I'm like, for it. You could have kept the ball, ass. <laughs> <laughs> that was my experience. The next year, I went out and I played with uh, Coach Peterson. Mm-hmm. And I hit it on the green. I was the closest to the pin. I'd much rather be that guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's easier too. Oh, man. I got up there and this guy goes, Nice job, big man. I'm like, Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Been doing this all day. That's right. So we talked about it before, but uh, you talked about coaches a little bit. Who was the best coach you ever had? And what was the biggest lesson
1: that you learned from that coach? It was probably uh, my basketball coach. Tom Hansen. You know, wasn't necessarily golf. Um he just, you know, he he was he was a uh, he taught about I had I had more success living working with him than, than any other coach. Well, and then my college coach uh Richard Nicolopoulos, he was he became he was he was great too. Um, you know, they didn't my coach in college didn't teach me anything about golf. I mean, I already knew golf and, and he, he he wasn't very good either. Um, we called him Al Barranca because every time there was a, a ditch or something he had to hit over, the ball was sh- surely going right into the right into the <laughs> Barranca. Um but 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 like even my Tom Hansen for with high school, he uh you know, he knew I was he was I was Foothill's best golfer and Knew that's that, that's what I should be doing is playing golf, and I went out for basketball, and I should I shouldn't have made the team there. I mean there was JV guys at at least one that should have been brought up. However, he knew how what my work ethics were when the tryouts were there, and he would see me after school or whatever, and I'd be out shooting shooting basketballs just on just on the courts on campus there or whatever. I you know I really wanted to to play that team sport, and I worked at it, and I worked at it, I worked at it, and he goes yeah, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep you on the team this year. And I said, great. And he goes, he says, um, you you know, I know golf's your first choice and priority. And he says, I'm going to let you go to tournaments or what you have to do. However, if you start missing every other day for of practice in a game, I'll ask you to make a decision. And I told him right there, I said, I'm not, I won't, I won't leave this team until we're out of the playoffs or or when this, when this stops. And I, I kept it going and I stuck with them and I, don't regret that at all. I, and I missed one game because I was sick and I missed one practice, which was the day after Christmas. It was a practice at his house that he would have his, the teammate team over and we'd have a little Christmas practice at his house. But um, I played in the tournament champions at Pebble Beach on the day after Christmas. So I only missed two days of basketball that entire time. But I learned a lot from them and not necessarily... You know, wasn't, you know, even basketball, he wasn't my golf coach, but I learned how to, you know, just be a, a better person through him. And then even my college coach, you know, I stuck with him way, way after college and, and, uh, he became one of my biggest fans and a, and a, another little father, another father figure to me, even when I joined the tour and all this. So that was, that's, those are the two coaches.
0: Awesome. So with your dad, um, was he at some of the tournaments
1: to get to see you win? Um, no, he he was not at. It, it, he might have been at. No, he was at the event where I lost in a playoff. Um, but no, he, he never saw me actually win the event. It's got to be pretty cool for dad who
0: started you out golfing. Mm-hmm. To watch you come up, fall in love with it, go out, have success with it. I mean, he'll be pretty
1: proud of you. Oh, I'm sure he is. I mean, we have our battles too. You know, golf's different now, but because of the way the shot link is now, right? You could you could be online and watch every shot without having to be there. And there were times where where I'd be at a tournament and he would. The tournament's over. And he would say, why, why, "Why did you why did you do that on this hole?" What's and I said, "What are you talking about?" And he goes, "Nope, ShotLink said you hit it in the water on this par five, and you know you'll never you, you should have stayed way out of the way on the on and that, that water shouldn't even come to play to you." And I'm wait a minute, I didn't hit it in the water. And he said, well, yep, yeah, link said you did so, and therefore then I must have hit it in the water. I mean, we'd go back and forth. And I'm like, we well, you, you need to stop watching that thing. Cause it's, <laughs> you know, that's some person putting in a button that could. That was somebody else in my group that hit in the water wasn't me. Yeah. You know, and and we'd just go back and forth. And, you know, sometimes he would get, he'd get a little bit too bearing. And I kind of got to keep it, keep it away from him. But yeah, I'm sure he's proud. Now you're playing in the Champions
0: Tour events. Mm -hmm. um, Which means that you turn 50. What is it like? um, And what's the competition like? Because um, you just started last year, mm-hmm. right in the champions mm-hmm. events, mm-hmm. Um, is it the same kind of qualifying um, ways, that, q- qualifying uh, criteria?
1: Yeah, for the champions events. Yeah, for me, I have to still do a qualifier for it on the Monday or Tuesday before. I mean, the tournaments. I, I'll tell you what it was. Yeah, I, I qualified in Michigan pretty much right away. It was my second time trying to qualify. It was so I turned fifty two weeks before it and we played a course in um in Flint Michigan uh, Warwick Hills which I played on on the tour and the tour stopped going there and then they ended up they put this tournament back there and everybody's talking about you know the courses aren't that long out there on the on the on that tour but we played that we played that tour we played that tournament just from the tips just like we did on the PGA tour and those guys are still man they still vomit and they're they're they they haven't changed. They're still good, and it's very competitive out there. And you're still p- playing for almost three million dollars every week, or two and a half million dollars. And and I'll tell you what, it was fun because there are some of those guys I haven't seen in a long time, and I was very well receptive, receptive out there when I got there. So that was I have a it's a blast, it really is.
0: Well, um, how has your game changed over the years? So now here you are, fifty years old. Mm-hmm. Um, were, were you ever a real long hitter or has your game changed much or kind of what's what's your game like at
1: 50 compared to when you were 20? You know, I think today I'm a better player than I was when I was at 20. I mean, I don't play as, as much as I did back then. Um, but, and and this goes back to the question about practicing. I practice less time now, but I get a better – I get better work out of that practice than I did when I would practice, you know, those two, three hours or, or every day of practice. I mean, you know, you just go pit balls, pound balls and do whatever. Now I have a, I have a, um, an, a work ethic or I, I have a purpose to be out there, which I don't know if I, if I took that for granted when I was on the tour or whatever, or, you know, every, I just, in getting on the tour, I mean, before I was on the tour, I, I said to myself, if I ever had a losing season, I would stop playing golf. But I would still excel at every year. I just keep excelling and excelling and excelling. I don't get the opportunity as much to play in tournaments because I'm not exempt. So if I don't qualify, then I'm not playing that week. But I truly believe that I'm better now, and I wish that I could have gone bad. It's the only thing I would I regret is that to having a more of a purpose playing back then, I, you know, the the year I lost my card, I made more money on the West Coast than I ever made before, yeah, but it was during the middle of the season that I would make the cut, and I made more cuts that year than I did than I made before. But I just kind of flattened out on the weekend, and I wouldn't wasn't making money. You know, I wasn't. Everybody was passing me on the weekend, and my I just couldn't make money to rise up on the money list, and that's how I did it. But you know, I started that the first part of the year out in record, and I always thought I'd go back, but. Um now I'm bet in it but I put more pressure on myself when I get in these events because I know that it's almost like my US Open because I don't get that chance every week like I did on the back on the tour when I was fully exempt and I I put more onto it and and I wish I could enjoy it a little I mean I don't get me wrong I I totally enjoy it but I if I had the freedom to knowing that every week I could play every week again then, then I I I know for a fact that I would be a lot more successful now than I was back then, and I and I and I'll get to that point, you know. That, like I said, we just had the COVID thing, so most of my events were either canceled or postponed, or they took the took away the they just kept it all exempt guys that that play every week, and they there wasn't spots for us to try. Yeah, it was a shit way to start your first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and you know when I met you, you you I don't I don't even know if. Um we met I don't know, six years ago. You haven't even seen me play in the in the Barracuda.
0: No, I never got a chance you know,
1: to. I I I should have won that one twice. If it wasn't for a whole seventeen, it was one one shot on seventeen that uh you know, if I hit that ball in the middle of the fairway, uh who knows I could I'd maybe still be on the tour right now. Um but I never got a chance again to play in the in the in the Barracuda again and you know it's a home course and I wish I you know wish I could yeah
0: are they having the Barracuda that got moved to a different place right and yeah, they, they moved it uh, to Truckee or something up out of Truckee now yeah yeah um well one thing I'm a big believer in is that everything happens for a reason mm-hmm. and maybe now is the time you know so um if you're playing at a high level, maybe 50 is the magic number. It
1: could be. And here it comes, baby. It could be. You know? You know, I'm more, getting up every morning out of bed is a little more difficult, but uh, you know, your body just takes its toll over all these years swinging the, swinging the club and doing things. But, you know, I'm, I truly believe that I, I, I still have a lot of game left. And,
0: I watch you play. I know you get a lot of game left. Yeah. So, I mean. it's got to show it. Well, the, the the body maybe is a little bit harder to get out of bed, but uh, learning from the mistakes that we've made in the past, hopefully the brain's a little smarter, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, uh, you know, uh, if we learn from those mistakes and go out there and do the right things, you know, nothing can stop us, mm-hmm. you know? So um, now one of the other things you also do is you work at Fremont Bank. I do. And what do you do for them?
1: I have a unique job with them where they have a – I play golf with their customers. I'll take them out and, you know, on a day of golf that, you know, show these guys what a tour golfer is like, and I'll, you know, entertain them and take them – we'll have lunch and a couple cocktails or something out there and tell them stories and and give them a few pointers. You know, not too many, but just enough to get them by and have a good time with it and, you know, and then – Uh, we'll do it again. And, you know, Fremont bank, when they came up that they, you know, you do a lot of business on a golf course and, and they are a big golfing bank. Uh, The, the board members and, and the, the, the the Hyman family that uh, uh, started the bank, they enjoyed hosting customers out there and, you know, like they do a lot of business out there. You could find out a lot about a person being on a golf course. And so they, they, I, in you know, most banks can take a customer to lunch or a dinner or take them to a ball game or whatever, but um, there's not many banks that has a golf pro that takes their clients that really enjoy the game and show them a good time out there.
0: I don't know of any other. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, I And mean, it's a great idea, and uh, I, I know that you and I've talked in the past. You know, they really utilize it. Yes, and it's a it's a it's a pretty smart move. Um. What would you say is your proudest moment in life?
1: Um, I actually having my son out at the golf course. He watched me play one event. He was, uh, you know, he's proud of his daddy, but he he never got to see his dad really play in the tournaments because I was losing my card as they were as they were being born. Or that when they came into the, the world and and they couldn't travel or whatever, but by the time he was big enough to realize what his dad did, that I, I wasn't I wasn't playing anymore. You know, you get to that forty-five to fifty age age group, and you kind of unless you're you've won on tour, you're kind of in a no man's land on on stuff. And so that's where I end up getting the job with Fremont Bank. But um, me qualifying for that turn, and you know, my son's going to. Golf camps or whatever, and he would say, You know, my daddy's won the U.S. Open, you know, stuff like this. Well, I didn't really win the U.S. Open, some, but thank you for thinking that. But um, to actually play in, and the second Champions Tour I played in was at Pebble Beach. So that's a, you know, that was big for me too. So to have him watch me play at Pebble Beach, he, he, he got there for at least nine holes of it, which was, that was my proudest moment. He stood, he stood, you know, he'd walk next to the, ropes right there and he just watched everything that i did how fun you know, that is was, that that's probably my proudest moment so they
0: get to walk around with you for
1: nine holes yeah that's that was, awesome yeah that was you know winning or whatever but just to you know my daughter was out there too i mean the, i'm I'm proud that she, i was happy that she was there too but she was you know she's picking up dandelions or doing whatever <laughs> you know my son was out he was he was fully aware of what was going on and that was that that was it and I wish I could do it more well
0: I hope you do um what is your biggest regret
1: in life um not taking advantage of uh of opportunities that I that I had not finishing the opportunities I mean I don't really have any uh just I think back in years, you know, just, you know, I wish I could have done that better. Wish I could have done, you know, everything's a wish, wish, wish. But, you know, you, you make those decisions at that time, and at the time it was it was right, but it just turned out to be, you know, different avenue than where life took you or you thought you'd be, you know. And I just, you know, it is what it is. I don't, I can't go back and say that, uh, I don't, you know, I don't think I am that uh, uh, that bad of a person to, to regret doing something to somebody back then. But it was just, um, you know, I work every day to take care of my kids and and leave have them, you know, I had to, I had the opportunity to have a future and something, and and I want to be better at what I want to be better at, at at that, so that they can have the opportunities to go. Yeah, well, know? I think. Uh- <clears throat> kind of what
0: we said before, and it's uh the regrets that I've got from earlier in my life. Um I take every one of those and make a lesson out of them mm-hmm. to figure out where the hell I'm going. You know, and if I don't remember every one of those things that I did wrong, then I'm going to repeat them over and over and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over again until it's a until you're gone. Um, so Um, I appreciate that candid answer. Um, what are some of the challenges that
1: you're working through right now? The future, you know, I, I, I want to have, I want to be successful at, at whatever I do, but I feel like I'm stagnant and there's not a, I don't want to say positive result, that I could see in the future, but there's, there's, everything is, is that I look at is, is, uh, out of reach right now. I mean, uh, and I'm trying to find avenues on how to do things. You know, I, I, uh, and I, it may go, and that may be the cause of, and also from not taking advantage of things in the past, you know, uh, the opportunities that I had or, or, um, deciding to do different things, but I want to make sure that, um, you know, my, you know, my kids and, you know, my family has things coming up. I mean, I got, I have, you know, they're going to be in college and, and, you know, it's my, and I feel that it's my job to make sure that they can have the opportunity to go to college. Um, And I'm working hard at figuring out how to get that done. And if, if, the golf was guaranteed, then that's one thing, but it's not. So um, that's what that's my challenge right now is, is, is to have a secured future in, in, in something.
0: Well, I think that uh, <clears throat> what I believe in is that, like, even doing this podcast, it's going to help a lot of people mm-hmm. because these are very candid answers. You know, this isn't something that's thought up, this is real. Mm -hmm. And if you, and if I just give of myself to help other people, God will just give back to us whatever we need moving forward. Mm -hmm. You have to work for it. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about that. But these are the kind of things that I think make a complete difference in other people's lives and ours. You know, and if we're just very, very honest about what we're going through on a daily basis and who we are as people, the world will just open up. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're on the cusp of something big. You know, it's just you're a great person. You're a humble person. And I think that, you know, just just opening up like this and doing some self reflection, Mm -hmm. I think the, the world's your oyster and it's right around the corner. You know, but like I said, just just like me, I got to work at it every day yeah. to make myself better, to make it a better life for Carissa, a better life for Johnny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and I think uh, you know, we just we, we also have to turn our buddies and go, hey, this is what I'm going through right now. You got some advice for me? You know, and I know you got a lot of buddies in your life like yeah, me.
1: You and I have some mutual buddies too. Yeah, and
0: they're good people. And they're good people. You just got to turn to them and go. You know, life's not a big party all the fucking time. No. Sometimes you got to go. Hey, check it out. This is what I'm going through right now. I need some real brotherly love right now. So, um, I appreciate that answer too. Um, who is your favorite golfer of all time?
1: Ah, uh, Jack Nicklaus. And why? Um, Good question. He was, you know, most popular. You know, I had some just the way he went about it he was a ohio state guy but i mean i i know i didn't go to ohio state but he was a he was he was a uh, ohio guy um
0: so let me ask you so i'm from the midwest mm-hmm. you were born there if you're just born there and you're there for 2 years are you a midwest guy no
1: no okay just wonder no <laughs> i i don't even know if i'd call myself a california guy either i'm a I, i'm I am
0: a, definitely not a california
1: guy i'm a reno guy
0: I'll be there with you I' mm-hmm. uh, we're up in uh, South Lake Tahoe and state line Nevada mm-hmm. you know uh, Nevada uh, I love California it's great weather um but for me you know I'm born and raised in the Midwest mm-hmm. you know I got I got way too much of that in me you know some of the politically correct stuff I'm just like come on man can't can't you just tell me like it is yeah, yeah every yeah. once in a while
1: you remember that saying sticks and stones and you know break your bones but words can never hurt you it's, yeah it's almost switched now oh to th- this political
0: environment right now mm-hmm. is just ridiculous it's it surely is. i don't care if you're on the
1: right or the left it's all garbage mm-hmm. and it's just not even it's 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 trying i mean it just wears you down well it has nothing to do
0: with the real person no it has nothing to do with everyday man no You know, it's all just a bunch of garbage, Mm -hmm. you know, so I've almost completely gotten rid of social media, except for, you know, with my company and with the podcast and every once in a while, I'll throw a picture of Johnny out there on Mm -hmm. Facebook so my parents, my my mom can see it, my grandma. Um, But I've turned off the news almost 100% Mm because it's all garbage, Mm -hmm. you know, it's that I don't, I just, I I never see or hear anything that has anything to do with me or my family or my community.
1: Mm -mm. It's all negative.
0: Yeah and I want to be positive. Man. Yeah. How many hole in ones have you had? I've had uh, eight. That's ridiculous. Eight. Did you ever
1: have one on the tour? I had one in the US Open. Oh. So I'm in a very select, well, small group. So what was that like? Um, what well, what hole were you on? Where were you at? What course? probably one of the most famous holes in all of the world number 7 at Pebble Beach oh my god yeah that was quite a, it was all nice. right so go back to that moment yeah. who who are you playing with uh, i do not remember who i was playing with i do know that it was so it was a year tiger won by like 15 shots um, but he did not have a hole in one he did not. i beat him on, <laughs> i beat him on that hole um so Try to try to think of this one. It was my first shot of the day. <laughs> so you know what everybody you know people say. Well, how's that? How does that happen? If it's hole number seven, how's that your first shot of the day? Because um, Thursday when I finished, this was Friday's round. So Thursday what was my second round. Thursday, right when I finished, the fog came in so the group behind me finished but the groups after that did not finish so there was a big fog delay so then my friday afternoon tea time went from 12 40 to like 6 40 or 240 to 6 40 and we just so i teed off at 6 40 p.m that night and we played you know all the way up through the sixth hole and after we hit our tee shots on six they blew the horn because of darkness and i'm down in that valley down there and 6:45 a.m. restart, and I'm thinking I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come back at 6:45 to hit this sh- shot from way down here up to there. I'm gonna hit it now because I'm loose I'm loose and ready to go. And I'm, they blow the horn for for light. You can still play there if there's no danger. Then you can still finish. You could finish out your hole. Um, and plus, you know, I, I'm from being up in Northern California. I got a huge fan base down watching it watching the U.S. Open, and you know they waited around all day to see me play. So I kind of did it for them, but and, and, and myself as well. But I hit it up to about like me to you, That's three four feet from the hole for eagle. And by the time I got up there, the other two guys sprayed it left and right of the green. But I'm like, I'm going to finish. I'm going to knock this in because I know the hole was on a little little crown, and it was it was very dark. That I but if I knew if I missed this putt, that the ball was going to roll out, and then I wouldn't be then I wouldn't finish, and I ended up leaving it. In short, right in the heart. And it was oh. only from like six feet. So that was, that was another disappointment. I'm Ouch. like, oh, so I finished the hole and the next morning, you know, got done, went to bed that night, woke up next morning, got, went through my routine, warmed up, went out to this set, went out to the sixth green and had to, that blew the horn to reach for the restart and had to finish, let the other two guys finish the hole. So they did. And then I made birdie. They didn't. So I had to lead off on number seven and, and, uh. about 100 yards out I my first swing of the day it ball landed just short of the hole it bounced past the pin and spun back right in the hole for an ace for creepers
0: I was talking to uh, a mutual friend of ours Brian Sligman Mm -hmm. and uh, he was up at Montreux I don't know maybe you were there this was uh, middle of COVID it was probably like four or five months ago something like that he texted me and said uh hit a ball it's par three um uh, it's the one with the water i think it's number seven number I seven I,
1: I think i remember this story yeah go
0: so he hits it shanks it boom right in the water tees it back up hits it hole in three hole in three <laughs> yeah i do
1: remember that he t- i think I, I wasn't in his group but i was there too yeah, yeah. that was he texted funny. me he goes jay-z you'll never believe this shit. Yeah. This is what Fred Couples did. Him and Fred Couples have the same thing in
0: common. <laughs> well, B's a good dude. He's very good. Are you a fan of professional team sports? If so, what? Uh, who, who are your teams?
1: Um, you know, I like the Sharks, San Jose Sharks, and I like, you know, I'm a, I'll, I'll root for the Niners, and I'll root for the Raiders. A little more easier to root for the Niners now because they stayed in town. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm a sports fan, but I'm not one of those guys that's going to kill you because, you you know, I'm a Raider fan and uh, you, you're you a Niner fan or, or vice versa. I'm not one of those guys. I mean, whatever happens during this doesn't affect my life. So, I'll, you right. know, I'll root for them because they're in different divisions, different, you know, different leagues and, and they're both kind of home teams for me. So, um, yeah, I, I'll root for both of them, and then and then I'll root for the A's and Giants. I think I'm more of an A's fan than I am a Giants fan. Just easier to get to to to, to A's game than it is a Giants game. Plus, my son he he likes the Giants, or excuse me, he likes the A's. So we go to. I've taken him to some A's games and taken my daughter to. And I think she likes them too, but she's not really into sports like like he is. And then um, Warrior fan, of course. Um it's funny, my very first AT and T partner was Joe Lakeup, who now owns the oh. owns the Warriors.
0: Yeah. That's uh have you been to the new um stadium? I have not, no. I haven't been there either. No. I've listened to music with you before on the course. Um, do you would you if you had your druthers, would you rather listen to music while you're playing around or listen to the nature?
1: It doesn't bother me. You know, I probably listen to music but it, it, the music doesn't, if you're going to play the music, you just play it loud. I mean, it just does. It, it, maybe it depends where I'm at. You know, if I'm a, in my home place, yeah, I'll listen to music, but if I'm up in the mountains or something like that, it it, it would be nice to listen, like you said, listen to nature or something, but it, it doesn't affect me either way.
0: Yeah, it depends on what I'm listening to. Sometimes I'm out there with Carissa and she's got some kind of rap crap
1: on. I'm yeah. like, I
0: really like to hear the birds
1: right now. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a rap fan either, but yeah, I think it's What what do you have playing? Yeah, exactly. So,
0: that's my next question. Who's on your playlist today?
1: I have um country on there most of the time now. Who's your favorite country artist? Probably Dierks Bentley. Okay. I've seen him uh 3 times now. Twice up in Reno and then he played for us at uh in Michigan, he played for us one night. Oh, really? And then Jake, you know, I like Jake, Jake Owen played for us at Pebble Beach. One, you know, I enjoy him. I enjoy all these, I enjoy a lot of the country guys, but I think the ones that I've actually got to see in person. Well, I always end the podcast the same way. This is the True Ambition
0: podcast. And uh, what the quote that I use as uh, that kind of came up with the name of this is called uh, True Ambition says the true ambition is not what we thought it was. True ambition is the profound desire to live usefully and walk humbly under the grace of God. Mm -hmm. You've done a lot. You've been a lot of places. So being where you've been and going through what you've gone through, what is your true ambition in life,
1: both in your professional career and in your personal life moving forward? Just to keep a pace of being the best person that I can be, best player that I can be. And to relay relay any message I can back to my family and and um, raise them in a manner that I was and you know um, and just 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 keep that attitude and make sure that everybody around me is taken care of. And that even goes outside the family. You know, I have you know you as a friend of mine or you know. I, I want to keep you, you know, if I can help you in any way, I, that's the type of person that I want to be.
0: Well, you've always been that kind of friend to me. So uh, I appreciate you uh, being a friend and being here for the podcast as well. So uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Everybody, thanks so much. And we'll see you next time on the True Ambition Podcast. The True Ambition Podcast is brought to you by IT Avalon. For more information and links
1: to other episodes, please visit www.TrueAmbition.org. Now, go find your true ambition.